I'm recording this on a chilly evening. The sun is already down. It's dark. The cars here on the parking lot in front of the church are leaving. Most people are heading home after a day of work. The streets are uh, a bit more busy than usual. I'm just going to cross the street here because everybody is heading home for dinner. But before I go and cook dinner, I wanted to go out for a walk and share with you what's happening in my life and uh, uh, <laughs> my thoughts as usual. So thank you so much for listening. Today I want to talk about uh, the process of getting older and I have a particular reason for that. Um, the other day I got a, a visit from two new parishioners. Um, they moved here from uh, another part of the country. I think they were... No, I don't think they lived in The Hague, but where did they move from? From the western part of the country, uh, the part where I come from, near, near Rotterdam. I think they were from Delft, maybe. I forgot. Anyway, they, um, uh, they visited me to bring me a couple of boxes full of books. Um, so a while ago, I met them in the local little supermarket... Not little, but little, the German um, supermarket chain. Uh, and uh, the lady told me that she was um, taking care of the legacy of a friend of theirs who, um, who was a priest and lived uh, to, uh, to a very... Um, old age tripping up what is this wire sorry I got distracted oh it's the wire for <laughs> the lights the Christmas lights <laughs> there are two Christmas trees in front of the Protestant church here on the square and uh, <laughs> they have little lights so I, was, I, was, I saw this orange power cord taped to the ground and I was wondering where, why, why there would be an electrical cord there on the street makes sense oh no it's starting to rain wow I did not expect that and uh, it's it's quite a bit of rain oh boy I don't have a, an umbrella with me well anyway we'll just we'll just move on weather or no weather as they say in in the Netherlands um, so he, he I think he uh, he lived until the age of 90-something, 90 94, I think. Um, so clearly a very healthy, <laughs> uh, strong priest. Um, and they had been friends with him for, uh, for a long time. And so he asked them, uh, before he died, to take care of uh, his, um, his, his stuff. Uh, obviously, as a priest, he didn't have a family um, or children or a spouse and so he lived in an apartment uh, that was owned by the diocese um, he had moved from his rectory when he uh, when well he was no longer working as a priest and uh, he was an avid reader so he had a ton of of books and so at the supermarket the, the this uh, lady told me or asked me if I was interested 
in, uh, in those books and that she could send me some photos of the bookshelves before they were putting the books in, um, in boxes. And, uh, and so at first I was a bit hesitant. I was like, well, I actually, I, I told her, honestly, I just got, what is this? Oh boy. Some people on bikes and I think one bike almost ran into another bike and now they're yelling at one another. <laughs> in short, regular Dutch Christmas cheer uh, across the road here. So I'm actually here at the little, uh, but I'm not going in, obviously. That's why you hear the, uh, the sounds of people going inside with their carts to do some shopping. I usually uh, do my shopping right before they close just in case they have marked down some stuff that otherwise they're going to throw away. So I snatch those up and come up with recipes for that. I'm very much for the food conservation and money conservation approach when it comes to groceries. Um, so uh, at first I, I said I, I actually got rid of most of my physical books and I read everything as much as possible on my Kindle or on my iPad, or I listen to audiobooks. But she said, well, there are actually quite a few books that are, um, that are really, you know, handy as a book, like study Bibles and, and stuff, and, and some very new books as well that he had bought, and all of them in English. So apparently he, <laughs> he bought most of his books in the United States. There's lots of stuff from Ignatius Press and Scott Hahn and uh, a couple of um, uh, well-known Catholic authors. She said, I'll take pictures and you can still uh, pick whatever you want. If you're not interested in any of them, that's fine too, but let, just let us know. So um, a few days later, I got the photos and I was pretty stunned because it was an excellent collection. It was, I think there were hundreds of books. Um, he even stacked them up in two rows where the older books that he probably purchased when he was still um, in, in his uh, active years were in the back and then in front were all the new books that he had bought some of which were just like a year or two years old and I recognized a number of those titles um, because I follow obviously a lot of the Catholic news and websites and reviews and so there were quite a few books that I was interested in. But at the same time, I was still a bit reluctant. I was like, yeah, but will I really read those books? Uh, because reading a book takes time and I normally don't have that much time. So I kind of like uh, hesitated to, uh, uh, to react back. Kids are telling each other, see you tomorrow. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I kind of, uh, <laughs> waited a couple of days and then ultimately kind of forgot about it. And then, uh, last week they were like, well, we, we picked a couple of books for you. So, um, so they, they brought, they brought me the books and they told me that if I were, wasn't interested in, in their selection, then I could still give them away or... Um, you know, I wasn't. They would. They wouldn't be offended if uh, if I wasn't interested in those books. Anyway, I had a 
really great conversation. And uh, just this morning, I put the books in the uh, bookcases on in the living room, uh, and I was really happy with their selection. Uh, there were a couple of books uh, that were very recent that I wanted to read. There's an entire collection of Newman, uh, the, the 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 writings of, of Cardinal Newman, a brand new book. I don't think he has. Uh, the priest had read it um, yet, so and there were a couple of study Bibles. There was the Word on Fire study Bible, um, like an entire collection of Scott Hahn books. Um, in case you're not familiar with that name, it's a, a, a pretty well-known American Catholic author who used to be a pastor in the Protestant church, and then he and his wife... Um, uh, converted to Catholicism and they chronicle that conversion um, some of which I've read years and years ago but I'll take a look anyway and then uh, uh, there were some interesting <laughs> it was very interesting to see that there were some books about uh, the the worldview of Tolkien so it was interesting to see that that priest had very similar interests to mine and I had already noticed that when I was seeing the photos, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I mean, that could have been my bookcase <laughs> if I had had the money to buy all those books because a lot of them are, um, are, are high quality, pretty expensive books. So I was stacking all those books in my bookshelves and I was still like, well, am I going to really read this? And, and if not, then I shouldn't put them here on the shelves because this, this is actually something I stepped away from a couple of years ago when I even before I moved, uh, just be realistic about the uh, about the lifespan that you have, and that's pretty um, that's pretty hard to admit uh, that to yourself that you won't have the time of life to read all those books, and even if you would live to the age of like ninety four, like that priest, would that be the best way to spend your time? Just reading all those books. I mean, there's other stuff in life that also requires time. Um, and this, this in the past has been my realization when I looked at my book, bookshelves and I saw the, well, probably hundreds, if not thousands of book, books. I may have had more than a thousand books at one point. I was a bit of a book hoarder. And a lot of those books dated back all the way to the time that I was studying philosophy in, in uh, the French part of Belgium, in, in Duvain-la-Neuve. And so I had almost all the works of the, of the well-known philosophers and, and uh, even entire collections of the ones that I studied for uh, my thesis. And I never really wanted to do them, uh, do away with them, because I felt like, well, that's part of who I am. It's part of my life, and maybe if I ever want to write an article, I need to be, look things up. And uh, and the same happened in seminary, where often we would get these collections from priests that uh, either moved into a care facility, or uh, or they died, and then they uh, they donated the books or the relatives. After their, uh, after their death, uh, donated the books to the seminary, and then the seminary would usually first look at uh, 
what was interesting for their own library, and then the rest. We could buy it, and uh, the proceeds went to charity. So we would pick up books for just a symbolic amount of money. And that's how I got a ton of books <laughs> over the years. I mean, I studied for 10 years, and so I've been collecting mostly philosophy and theology for 10 years. And all those books were sitting there in these IKEA bookshelves, on these IKEA bookshelves, uh, gathering dust. Because for years I barely read any books. <laughs> I would read a lot, and I would listen to a lot of podcasts. That's how I kind of continued to feed my brain. But, uh, but I barely ever sat down with a book just to read it. And so... At one point, I think it was at the at the beginning of this um, uh, minimalist uh, period in my life, where I started to listen to the minimalists, and I realized that I actually was holding on to a lot of that stuff, not because I really needed them, but because they symbolized something that I wasn't ready to give up, namely the fact that sometimes. It's just, it, you move on in life and you have to conclude certain times and certain moments in your life. One of which was this idea that I've had for years, especially in my earlier years of the priesthood, that one day I would have to write a, do a, write a doctoral thesis. And I wanted to, um, <laughs> to write... Um, a thesis about either uh, systematic or dogmatic theology, or maybe even a, like a cross between um, communication sciences and uh, philosophy and theology. And, and that's why I was holding on to all those books, because, you know, maybe one day uh, I'll sit down and become a doctor in philosophy or theology. The thing is, I, I've known for years, uh, in fact, right after I came back from Rome and I uh, started my work in, in the media, I knew that that ship had sailed and that I was much more interested in, in uh, spending my resources, my time on, on media productions, on podcasting and later on 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 videos and TV programs and documentaries um, that I was interested in uh, ever becoming a, a professor in, in theology or philosophy. But there was still this idea, of, well, maybe one day. And then at one point, I admitted it to myself. Well, how old are you now? And back then, I think this was about, what is it, maybe six years ago, six or seven years ago when, when I started to let go of those ideas knowing that you only have one life and it's relatively short and what matters is not to follow to chase all the opportunities the possible venues in life but to focus on the ones that you're really called to and this for me is what well, has always been a bit difficult because it is a reminder of the fact that I am mortal, that time goes on, and that there will be things that you maybe once in your life uh, 
you, you thought that, that that would be part of your future, but now it's just an idea from the past that no longer deserves your time or energy. And so the tools that you thought you may one day need to realize those goals, well, now that the goals have changed, you don't need those tools anymore. And that's, that realization, oh, there's a big truck here, and uh, he just shut off his engine. Um, I don't I wonder why there's a big truck here in this part, because I'm in the rural part of the, of the village, kind of on the outskirts. And there are just houses here, uh, lots of beautiful villas. This is, the, this is one of those streets where <laughs> there are no sidewalks. There are just trees and, and, and beautiful houses. And then there is a, a street in the middle. So I'm actually walking here uh, on a small patch of grass between the trees and the, the gardens of these houses. It's a bit dangerous, actually, to walk here without any form of... Uh, uh, of light or reflective material on my clothes so that's why I try to stay on the other side of the tree so the cars will first hit the tree and then hopefully they won't hit me um, still baffles me that this this village has so many streets without sidewalks for for the Dutch situation that is a very uh, rare thing we tend to be very good with pedestrians and bikes but not in this village for some reason. Anyway, I guess if they want wanted to create sidewalks, they'd have to uh, get rid of all these trees, which I'm pretty sure that uh, most people that live here would object to, because they're beautiful old trees. Anyway, so letting go of those books was for me also an acknowledgement of the fact that I had to let go of some of these projects that I thought would be part of my future. Um, and so, now that I was, again, surprised by this beautiful collection of, uh, of books, I had to ask myself, are you going to read them? And this is where I, I, um, I reminded myself of the fact that, well, something does, has changed compared to a couple of years ago, and that is that I now have created this very strong habit of reading books at a pretty good pace. And once I commit to a book, like 95% of the books that I start reading, I will finish them. Um, because, not because it's always a, a very good book, but it's more because I want to stay faithful to this, you know, this habit of reading 100 books per year, at least for this year. And I think that next year I'm going to up it even more because I'm now... Uh, a couple of books ahead on schedule and so I'll easily finish 100 books before the year is over and uh, considering that I there were actually times in this year that I was traveling and I, I kind of uh, didn't, didn't read as much as I wanted to I think next year is going to be even better for reading and so since I have this habit of reading so many books and I, I read pretty quickly um, I'm I'm pretty I'm confident that uh, a lot of these books, not all of them, some of them I will probably get rid of or, or give to someone else. 
but uh, definitely a, a number of those books. I will read them. And that will be an investment in <laughs> hopefully my future because it gives me knowledge or wisdom. That, that's one of the big um, discoveries over these past two years. That in the midst of all this turmoil, I really consider these two years to be one of the most... These are years of upheaval where everything I thought I uh, was, was the ground under my feet was swept away. And I had to let go of so many of these things that formed the framework of my life. But in the midst of all that turmoil and all that change, the books for me, the reading, has been such an anchor. And it gave me so much... Um, so many experiences, so much um, comfort sometimes um, uh, in, 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 in situations where I was just reading um, for my own entertainment, these books offered me times where I could just like mini vacations in the middle of COVID. I was reading and my mind was wandering the planet and was traveling to places where I couldn't go because of COVID. <laughs> These two years, have I've traveled much less than uh, almost any time in my life, the big exep exception, of course, being the trip to the United States. Um, but the books helped me to sometimes step away and sometimes really reflect upon what was going on in my life, gave me tools. I read so much about the modern neurosciences, psychology, um, communication, and all that has uh, contributed l uh, tremendously to um, to the way I experience my life, and and hopefully some of that knowledge and wisdom uh, I can I can share that with you in in podcasts like these or in the way that I. Um, in the, in the stories that I tell or the stuff that I do or don't do. Anyway, so uh, it's interesting to, to make a different, to, to have this different assessment um, this morning when I was stacking those books. It's like, well, wait a minute. I make different choices now. I have room for books in my life and... Yeah, I actually want to read a number of these. And it's not just this pipe dream of like, wait, maybe one day. No, I'll just put them on my list for the upcoming months. They'll just be... And it's... I think I have... They gave me about 40 books. Not more. So that's nothing. <laughs> I can easily uh, read through uh, a big chunk of those books. In, uh, in the months to come. So that's what I'm planning to do. So anyway, um, coming to terms with my own mortality and <laughs> this ticking clock reminding me of the fact that it's in life it's all about changes, embracing those changes, making new uh, decisions based on a realistic... Uh, a realistic um, view of what is possible in the time that you've been given, and also what is, what's your calling? Um, 
heading into the woods here, but I'm not sure that this is a good idea. The, the last road here of the village goes to the left. And then there's this path that I know actually quite well because I come here a lot when I'm running, when I'm doing my training. It's actually uh, like right in front of me is the highway, the big highway that goes to, I think, Arnhem. So it comes from, goes from Ada to Arnhem. Lots and lots of cars, traffic there. And if I'm not mistaken, there is a path plus a bike lane um, alongside it. So the highway is a bit higher. <laughs> and then the, the, the only reason that I'm a bit hesitant to go here is that it is very dark. There are no lanterns. However, my eyes are getting used to the, the available light. There is <clears throat> quite a bit of... Um, stray light that's coming from the uh from the from the highway and since a lot of these trees no longer have leaves it's it's enough light actually to walk here yeah let me just follow this i don't know exactly where this will end but i think it's going to be i think it's going to be at the edge of the town uh we'll see we'll see but i see enough and I walk here because I'm not going to run tonight. There's always training, running training, twice per week. Um, the one I love the most is usually on Saturday morning. And I love mornings to run because it's the day is still full of promise and I have energy. And running is such a, a, a perfect way to start the day because then I have all that extra energy for the rest of what I want to do. But... I don't like to run around this time of the year on Tuesdays because it's dark. So mentally, I, th I find that harder. It's even hard to see who you're running with. So it, it changes the dynamics of the group as well. Um, it's cold. And I don't know. There's something about when I run, it feels like the evening is sacrificed <laughs> because... <laughs> When I get back home, I'm so tired that I usually go to bed immediately. And I always feels a bit like, but there is so much else I want to do with my evening. <laughs> There's always a bit of a rush. But anyway, I cannot run uh, because last Saturday I injured myself. I, I think I, I went a bit too hard. <laughs> I ran too fast. It was a very cold morning. It was uh, below freezing point as it is right now, I think. And so I overstretched myself a bit. I hadn't run for about two weeks, and this is because I'm. Um, I, I wanted to give myself a little bit more room to recover. I still have. Um, I, I, I'm dealing with with this all this fatigue, and so I I wanted to take it easy. <laughs> Again, that's a, that's a new habit of mine, to not push myself to the limit all the time. Because recovery sometimes is more important than pushing yourself. Uh, if you push yourself if you, and, and you don't have the energy, um, it will actually uh, uh, block your growth. Um, and if there's one thing I've learned from years and years of marathon running is that recovery is just as important as the actual exercise. But nevertheless, after two weeks, I went back to running. 
uh, last Saturday, and I just felt, even during the warming up, I felt that I was pull. I, I had pulled a muscle in my Achilles heel, and so uh, I couldn't really go full speed during the run. And now that I'm walking, like for a couple of days, I didn't. I, I took some extra time to rest, but now after. I don't know how long I've been walking, but I, I feel that same Achilles heel um, hurting again. So I may want to turn to the left after this and head back home uh, because it, it's certainly not healed enough for me to go training. So anyway, uh, the this is one of the aspects of getting older that is both burdensome uh you you get tired more quickly i i feel that my body is <laughs> is more more brittle in a certain way although i'm still in in very good shape compared to a lot of people of my age <laughs> i live a very healthy lifestyle but still i'm not 20 anymore and it takes more time to recover as well uh but it's also just the fact that i know this I know myself so much better than I used to when I was younger that for me is absolutely gain it's it's uh it helps me so much uh to to acknowledge that um that I'm getting older but I'm also getting wiser if you see what I mean um and so knowing that I have to I have to pace myself and I shouldn't chase after each and every squirrel that I see. Um, is for me that's absolutely a, a huge gain. And uh, people that have been listening to, if some of you that have been listening to my podcast for for many years, you know how much that um, was always something that I struggled with. This is discerning what to do and what not to do. There were always way more ideas in my head to chase after than than time available so coming to terms with this in certain way finite aspect of my life that that that, yeah i'm 54 right now and so (laughs) for a long time i've always thought that the best is yet to come and there's so much else and we're just at the beginning and i still in a certain way believe that there is a lot of promise in my future but at the same time, it's not necessarily um, the quantity of things that I'm called to do. It's all about the quality. And in many ways, uh, this whole process of acknowledging my own mortality has helped me to focus more on the quality and to be less preoccupied with the numbers and the quantity. Um, another moment where i realized that i'm i'm getting older is uh was when i when i was doing photo um uh enhancement uh for um for for a number of months i wanted to get this uh this software by topaz labs that uses artificial intelligence to enhance um old photographs and since I was one of the early adopters of digital cameras, a lot of years I, I've taken pictures with really, really subpar quality compared to what phones even 
just regular cell phones can, can, can do today. And so I have a lot of very low resolution photos with lots of grain, but they were digital. So I'm, I, I still don't regret having switched to digital because that allowed me to take so many more pictures than I would have uh, taken if I had to pay for the development of the film and stuff. The, the old-fashioned way of taking photos um, would have prohibited uh, taking that many. and so. But I have a ton of photos, but they're all, especially the early years, very low resolution. So I was looking forward to getting this, this software program. Finally, uh, I, was, I was waiting for the Black Friday deal because I knew that they would uh, do a, a pretty big discount. So I ultimately ended up getting the, both the photo and the video uh, enhancement software. And I, so I was playing around with some of the stuff that I've stored on Google Photos. And, uh, and it works amazingly. It's, it's, it's stunning to see how much they can not just resize, but they get, the software gets rid of the grain. It even has like facial recognition. And it does... It has kind of a, a like a guess at what the face looks like. So obviously you cannot uh, create details if the details are not there in the original material. But because of the artificial intelligence, it knows what faces look like. And so from the information that it has, it makes a, a guesstimate in a certain way and presents you with a, a reconstruction of the, of the face even people in the background, that I have to say is pretty mind-blowingly good. Not always. There are some rare moments where it, you feel that it, that it looks a bit too artificial and then maybe the face that it um, reconstructs is not exactly what the original photo looks like. But, it's, but in general, it's, it's spot on. Um, and so it does also recreate my own face and the photos that I feature in. And um, uh, in the beginning, of course, the whole idea of selfies was not uh, was non-existent. You took photos of where you were, but most people didn't think of putting themselves in the photograph yet. <laughs> that has changed quite a bit, but it's also because these cameras were just very heavy. But... I was already experimenting at a very early age with uh, uh, kind of stand-up videos. And so I would turn the video or the camera around. I would place it sometimes on a, on a desk or on a, on a pillar or whatever I could find uh, to uh, work as a tripod. And I would be in the picture and I would just use the automatic timer. And so I'm, I'm, I'm upscaling a lot of these photos. And it, it, it kind of at first shocked me to see how much I've changed. Um, th- th- when I started taking these f- digital photos, I was, um, I was studying in Rome. And so uh, I think, yeah, I, so I have a number of photos from that time. And it's just unbelievable. In my mind, it's just, it's such a short time ago. But when I see myself, I, I think like, oh my gosh, I, I, I can tell that I was still very young there. And the, the other thing that shocked me is how unhealthy I looked. 
and it's it's because I was very unhealthy at the time. I was um, overweight. I didn't practice any sports for the first five years of my uh, time as a priest. Uh, the only the only uh, exercise that I got was um, was biking from one church to another, and that was all I did. Uh, I was watching a lot of television at the time. I still had my VHS recorder. So I was always watching the reruns of uh, Star Trek that I recorded. Star Trek The Next Generation and Voyager after that. Um, and I, I had to cook myself. Uh, there was no one to take care of me. So I would usually just go for what was easy. At the, at the time, I wasn't at all into cooking. And I can tell after a couple of years... It showed, oh my gosh, I'm pale, like my face is super puffy. Um, I got a lot of skin issues as well, uh, that the software kind of merciless uh, uh, kind of enhances on these, uh, on these uh, photos. Um, so I see that I both are so much younger than I am currently, but also very unhealthy and maybe even a tad unhappy. I don't know. There is something in my eyes that tells me that I wasn't... I just... It's different from now. And uh, <laughs> and even a, a, a number of years ago, at, at one point that starts to change. And it's, it's so funny that you can tell immediately... So I, I just picked some random photos to kind of uh, experiment with, with the software. And I can tell exactly where things changed. It was the year that I started running. And I see that, that the photos that I took between my first half marathon and my first marathon, about half a year later, I, I look great. I'm skinny, I'm lean. Uh, but most of all, what strikes me is uh, how my eyes are sparkling. There is this energy, there's this, I don't know, it's unbelievable. And then, <laughs> and then it starts kind of fluctuating there photos in which I, I I'm clearly in very good shape and others where I kind of let go or I was uh, struggling with health issues etc so you can see that in all these photos and and then of course my hair starts to thin and I'm getting uh, grayer <laughs> and so, and also all that is, is when you when you go through those years um, and I still have to do that with the video footage as well because I also hope to enhance a lot of that stuff. I've got some uh, uh, footage that I shot with just my phone and it's super low resolution. So this software can also do the same with video. It's, it's a bit... Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it is confrontational. You're like, wow, okay. So I do get older. <laughs> <laughs> physically and uh, a lot of the things that I wanted to do um, and thought I would do well it's just I, I will have to let that go because there's just not enough time plus I don't I don't know if I have the energy anymore to do what I wanted to do and kids are uh, playing soccer here on a, on a small terrain uh, with a fence around it, that's probably a smart idea because otherwise those, if they uh, kick the ball too much, <laughs> it would uh, be able to hit the cars here in, in the street. 
Oh, I love that some of the houses already have their Christmas decorations up. Despite all the stories about uh, uh, rising costs of energy. And so there was a lot of doom and gloom. Oh my gosh, look at this. This house, this... Oh my Lord. I've never seen a house like that. Like every part of the wall is covered with little... Uh, um, photos and pictures and picture frames and they have like the the wallpaper behind it is, um, is with all these painted flowers and then there are tons and tons of Christmas decorations in the house already wow it's so funny and here in the Netherlands people especially older people they don't close their curtains so you look straight into their living room and and it's so different the houses look the same but the way that people arrange their living quarters can be so different so this is a very very modern house you see this this big screen tv very white stark walls with a few ikea frames there <laughs> same houses same buildings totally different people um anyway so uh the the this whole process of letting go is um, at the, there is a bit of sadness to it. You do realize, oh wait a minute, I am getting older, and of course we we only know one thing, and that is at one point. And I don't say this to to be uh, to depress you or anything, but it's just a certainty of life uh, that we often push away. At one point, our life will be finished, and so. Uh, and we never know exactly when that's going to be, just that it will end at one point. And if you have faith, if you believe, then of course you hope that that, that is not the end of your existence, that your soul, your spirit will have a future and maybe even one day um, uh, we will have a new body as well. There will be the resurrection of the flesh. It's just not... We're not called to just become pure spirits for the rest of eternity. But at the same time, it's so very kind of remote and out of our categories. We cannot even, we cannot describe it. It's very hard even in theology to talk about that. Uh, So it's something that is more in the realm of, well, we hope, but only songs and poetry and art can can really uh, express parts of that future I'd have no idea where I am I don't recall having ever been here in this part of my town so I'm just following my nose and see where I end up with Uh, is that where I end up where I end up where I will end up sorry my head is still a bit uh, fuzzy at the end of this day so um no matter I don't know if I will be become a uh, an old priest of maybe 90 years old or maybe I'll die much earlier than that I don't know if I'll get a disease or you hear so many things that people get in accidents they get cancer uh, other illnesses maybe they'll they'll lose and I should say I, I'm talking about they, it's, it's like a, almost a subconscious way of pushing that away 
So I don't want to talk about me getting older. I, I, so I use words. I, I'm, 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 I'm noticing this while I'm talking to you. <laughs> but let's make it personal. Let's, let's uh, be courageous. At one point, I may actually lose my... Uh, my senses, my, you know, uh, my eyes are getting uh, worse over time. Uh, the, the hearing of people can, can, uh, can start to disappear. Uh, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've done a lot of audio editing. So what will that do to my hearing? I've always been careful with my ears. I don't know. Um, um, but you could also, at one point in life... I could lose and probably will lose the capacity to run. And so maybe I can still walk. But even that can become very difficult when you're at an advanced age. I remember this one parishioner in my first, not in my first, in my uh, previous parish. And I always liked to talk with him after Mass. And he would tell me about his uh, past as a runner. He had been an avid runner. um, Had run a ton of marathons. And at that time, I was just beginning my career as a runner. <laughs> and so we always talked about all these races that he'd done. And, and, and he was a really accomplished runner. He had done much better than I have ever done because I've never really focused on, on running super fast. I never qualified for Boston and that sort of stuff. He had all done all that stuff. But then in the subsequent years, he started to slowly... Uh, get confused and ultimately ended up with a pretty severe dementia so bad that he couldn't stay with his wife anymore and she had to bring him to a a, a, a nursing home or how do you call it today Uh, and he already in my conversations with him started to notice that he often uh, couldn't keep track of the conversation but I remember that he was he was a bit wary about uh, when we talked about uh, about running. Uh, every time he would, at one point, just stop and sigh and say, "Well, I'll never be able to do that again. It's that's over. I cannot run anymore. I'm glad that I can still bike." And then, and then he loses even that capacity. He loses even the ability to to think or to remember things. And it was sad. I, I remember talking with his wife after he died. And, uh, and he said, that she, or she said that the hardest thing was to see that first physical uh, degradation. And then afterwards, even the mental, um, the, the, uh, how do you say that? The, the, the mental uh, decline. And and she said it's, it's he 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 died, but he he was already dying for many years. And you know, I'm I often think back of that guy, and I think you know I'm still running, and I still want to run a marathon, but there will be a time in my life where I will also have to let go of that. And then the what what I've what we all do. But what I've done also for a long time is to try to push that away. And one of the, th- one of the reasons, I think, that I've been holding on so much 
to all these projects. Oh, maybe one day I'll do this. And I, I still want to create so much and travel so much and do so much. It's also maybe subconsciously a way for me to push back that fatality of that, that, that at one point in your life you won't be able to do that anymore. And as long as I keep myself busy and I keep putting new carrots in front of me, I can still tell myself that the best is yet to come, you know? We don't have to think about decline or letting go. No, there's so much I can do. And so chasing after all these different things has, and you know this if you've listened to this show for a while, it has also worn me out and, and uh, has, has also hampered me to really mature. Uh, because if you try to do everything, ultimately you'll end up doing almost nothing. Because you, 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 tr- you, uh, you only have limited resources. You have limited energy. And most of all, you have limited time. So to wrap things up, what is, how do you handle uh, getting older? And don't tell me that that is not in your life that I'm talking about. Because even if you're 15 and you're listening to this, which, hey, welcome, <laughs> young whippersnapper. Um, or, or you're my age or a bit younger or a bit older. Um, we are, every day we're getting older. And every day there is less time. But how do you deal with that? I think... If you cannot fight it, join it. So embrace it. Uh, there, there is no escape from this. But if we talk in terms of escape, or uh, you know, in, 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 in terms of fatality or loss and everything, we're constantly framing that as a negative. But why not embrace it as a positive? The fact that we're getting older means that uh, every day counts. Every day is super valuable. And the more I realize that, the more I will make the right choices in life instead of wasting my time on stuff that ultimately uh, is, is, is not contributing to, uh, to my life here and now, or let alone to the life of others. Instead of, of, of throwing away the days that God gives me, I can also ask him every morning, well, what can I do to give my life a, a legacy that other people can benefit from? Just like that priest who asked this couple, when I'm dead, could you make sure that these books that I've bought, maybe even though I knew that I probably wouldn't live to read them, can you make sure that someone else uh, gets them? And benefits from them, whether it's seminarians or, or well, in, in this case, me. Well, I, I don't know that priest. I've, we've never met, but it's very well possible that his legacy, these books that he selected so carefully, um, will actually help me to grow, and and uh, will teach me wisdom. Um, and there's something beautiful in that. Sometimes your legacy can even be reaching people and situations that you never that you never uh, realized while you were alive and so but it's all about making the right choices like uh, i imagine him 
on the internet because he clearly ordered those books over the internet like browsing like reading the reviews staying really up to date with theology and making a careful selection of it like i want the books that i buy to to be really of value and in a way it's it's a metaphor of when you're growing older how you should treat your days try to make a good selection of things that you want to do and let go of the rest only look forward uh, don't look back as I often have done with with regrets like oh if only I could have done this if only I'd made that choice but that's always in the could have would have should have blaming myself category which is completely um, sterile as a as a frame of, of thinking instead of focusing on the past and the, all the opportunities that you've missed look at every day that you get as a gift where God gives you a new opportunity to make the most of it in your given situation and embrace the fact that with maybe physical and perhaps even mental decline um, there is all there's also maturity there's wisdom there is there is a different type of fertility um, that can bring good to the world that can create a legacy that other people um, can build upon even if I lose my marbles in the certain if I um, if I lose all my physical abilities if I uh, am at this and at one point in my life maybe I'll lose my mental faculties I can still already prepare for that time by by rehearsing how I the uh, the kind of person that I want to be, to, to be it's, and it's all about habit forming you know make a habit of of letting go of being content not being bitter to let go of hatred or fear or anger um, to be kind to others to smile to enjoy to, to enjoy the little things I'm convinced that those are attributes those are habits that will um, survive even mental decline you often see that with people that may not be very sharp anymore but their whole lifestyle their, their, their attitude is still there it's a certain kindness a certain um, how do you say that softness maybe not the right word um, yeah maybe kindness is the best word I, I just if I lose everything the, the, I hope that, that what remains is kindness and I hope that that is is going to be valuable to the people that at one point in my life will take care of me hopefully <laughs> when I'm at the age where I need care and I may not be able to contribute much to the world anymore but there's one thing that is much more important than my intellectual capacities or my productions or whatever even podcasts or videos kindness kindness changes the future and so if there's one thing I want to focus on is, is embracing um, my age, the situation that God puts me in and ask him to help me 
to respond to everything, including to my own inabilities and maybe uh, things like being injured or being tired all the time. But to, to embrace that also with kindness, kindness for myself, the way I would treat someone else who is struggling with these things. And I'm convinced that if I practice on myself by being kind to myself and not judge myself and not constantly be that super demanding person for myself but to to allow myself to rest and to seek value in the little things instead of always hoping for you know the big whatever it is uh, that 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 if I if I treat myself like that I will also more and more uh, project that to other people because uh, not everybody needs podcasts not everybody needs YouTube videos or TikToks but what we all crave is is kindness and if I can continue continue to contribute that at my old age then I think I will have an accomplished life so anyway I'm not going anywhere by the way if it's up to me <laughs> I'll still be podcasting at the age of 94 or 95 but um but we'll see we'll see what matters is uh uh what we do today and so hopefully these ponderings and meanderings have been useful or or entertaining or or maybe also a bit scary I don't know but think about it and ask yourself above all and pray about it you know how can i embrace the age that i'm at and the the day that god has given me and let's let tomorrow worry about itself thanks for the privilege <laughs> thanks for the privilege of your time and from a very christmasy square here in front of the little where I'm going to do the final round to pick up some discounted veggies. <laughs> I wish you a wonderful rest of your day, a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you to all of you who have joined my Patreon. And, um, and we'll talk soon. God bless. Live long and prosper. <laughs>